Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron, and I'm excited again for part two of our series with retired LSU basketball coach, head coach Dale Brown. Coach, you had said in an interview, and this was interesting because, you know, this is – well, let me first say this to you. I, I got to know about who is Coach Dale Brown. The first introduction in my life was when I was 11 years old. And my father loved basketball. I told you he played basketball for Tulane, mm-hmm. and that was a transplant. He was from Chicago. Was so he, he disappointed a, he didn't qualify academically to get into LSU? <laughs> I think so. Uh, my dad had a unique uh, just joking Tulane fans, and he he was a cheerleader at, at Tulane and a basketball player at the same time. He would cheer for football games, and uh. he would uh, and he would uh, play for for the basketball team. And just a quick story, I, I think you and I mentioned uh, he was on Canal Street when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Wow! And uh, he said that it came over the radio, and he said that he and his buddies sprinted to the enlistment office. They didn't just jog wow, wow, as fast wow. as they could run. And uh, my mom. Um, they were dating at the time, and he, he, he proposed to her. And my mother, my dad wasn't Catholic. My mom was a die-in-the-wool Catholic. And, and she said, I won't marry you unless you become Catholic. And uh, so my father was uh, on a naval ship, and, and uh, a chaplain uh, baptized him Catholic, and he became Catholic. And uh, probably 15 years after he died, my mother gave me a rosary that the chaplain had given him on the ship. And uh, it was in a sealed envelope, and it was so crusty, and it was black, and it was coming apart on the envelope. And my mother said, you can see he didn't use it very much. You know, you you mentioned, like I said, in this interview, so back to when I was 11. So he and I are riding to Youngsville, a suburb of Lafayette, and, and one morning, and he says, you won't believe what happened yesterday. He said, LSU beat the number one team in the nation, Kentucky, and all five starters, I believe, filed yes, out. Yes, that's true. And, uh, and, and, and this coach, Dale Brown, he pulled off the biggest miracle in the history of sports. And he says, it's just unbelievable. And that's the first time I ever heard your, your name. Oh. And it was a very profound thing for me. But I began to follow your career. And I was a, a student at LSU in, in the fall of 84. And I fell in love with the team and you, Coach, and followed you all the way through. We went to the Final Four in 86, my wife and I. I went to the... You had a. You, you may remember this at Reunion Arena. They had a uh, interview with ESPN with Larry Brown and Koshyshevsky and Danny Crum and you. And um, we went and we sat right by the set and listened to the interviews. And then we lost to Louisville and we were so heartbroken. But it was Easter Sunday the day after, and my my wife and I, who we've been married for thirty years, we dated eight years, high school sweethearts. We went to the uh, concession stand, and the, it was so windy that day that one of the partitions fell over on her head and cut her skull open at, wow. at, at the game on Sunday at the Reunion Arena. And we had to rush her to a hospital, and she they bandaged her up, and she was fine. But I do remember leaving that game. We, we had, a what, an 8- or 10-point lead on Louisville at, at halftime. And uh, when we left, I was I sat next to Gene Cady because he had lost, and he was very bitter about that Purdue game. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then we beat Dana Kirk in, in, in Memphis, and that's that's another little – our paths crossed in a weird way. But wow. um, when you ran off the court uh, when we beat Memphis, I think you said you couldn't find anybody to hug, and then you just ran off the court. You yeah. Had, you had your arms in the air like victory. I did. And the next scene, if you watch the highlights, it's me. Uh, I was oh. in the stands, and the camera was in our corner, and I saw that camera. You weren't the one that I ran into. No, camera, sir. Yeah. I wasn't in the way. Uh, somebody but, reached out, and I remember hit somebody's arm. No, and, 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 and the camera was on us, and I had run down 
I was going on the court, and I ran down, and a gentleman was running up, and I almost I flipped him over, and and then I noticed the camera was on, and I jumped as high as I could so I could get in the shot, uh, and I had the same victory as you, and I had an LSU jersey, my face painted, and all this, and, and anyway, <laughs> so there's the scene, it's you, and then it's uh, me, I'm like, oh man, here here our lives finally crossed, but uh, uh, but. You know, you made this comment. You said, show me the most religious person in Louisiana, and I'll show you someone who is a sinful person. And uh, I can so relate to that. But do you remember saying that back in the, back in the day? I remember saying it distinctly, even yes. though I talked too much. <laughs> uh, ta- talking about talking, after uh, I retired, our chaplain, I would call in a, a minister, a Catholic priest, a rabbi, not to teach religion. But just if guys wanted to share spiritual things with, with their pastors or, for, or religious people, he took me to lunch. Real nice guy. He said, Coach, he said, I want to thank you. This last 10 years has been the greatest 10 years of my life. And he said, I really enjoyed the kids. And he said, I hope we're close enough that I can make a statement to you. Certainly. He said, you're always involved in controversy because you always lead with your, you always lead with your heart instead of your head. And he said, you should take note of that. And all I said to him was, Father, thank you. I said, that's kind of you. You have enough courage to say that to me. Didn't say any more. Wasn't mad, wasn't embarrassed by it. Got home that night and I thought about it. Called him 8 o'clock in the morning sharp. I said, Padre, you're 100% right. Now, this isn't an excuse for the many mistakes I made and times I might have opened my mouth when I should have kept it shut. However, you're 100% right, but here's, here's this. I can manipulate my head, but I cannot manipulate my heart. Yeah. Whatever came from my heart. And then you're talking about, we were talking earlier about trying to be a better, better person. I've lived 84 years on this earth through adults. Now, as a young kid, your prayers you aren't this sophisticated, but every night I make the same prayer. Help me tomorrow to lead one perfect day. I'm 84, and I haven't led one perfect day yet, and I probably never will. But that isn't the answer. It's the, it's the, the answer is in the quest, trying to do your very best. And if no you question. do that, that's usually good enough. It is. Well, one other thing I was going to bring sure. up, Todd. When are you planning to retire? Have you got an age limit or anything? Oh, that's a funny question, Coach, that you asked me. Uh, my grandpa, who I told you worked for Ford, he never retired. Uh, my father never retired. My, my oldest brother is 21 years older than me, and he runs the dealership, and he's never going to retire. So I just assumed I will never so retire. So there's, there's your answer. The reason I ask you that, I had never set a retirement date. But I saw the sport going south, the NCA legislates against human dignity and practices monumental hypocrisy. Agents got into it. Crooked shoe companies got into it. Crooked, I'm not indicting all AAU people. There are some good AAU people. So I just made up my mind. I'm getting out of this business right now. So we sat down with my wife and uh, decided, let's just take a month. Just don't go anywhere. Stay at home. Plan what we're going to do. So my plans were either, one, run for U.S. Senate, which I was approached, become a motivational speaker, or go to law school. I was going to do one of those three things. Well, we analyzed it, and when we finally decided, I said, what do you want to do? Stay in Louisiana. Me too. Not, not go back to North Dakota. But what came clear to me, and anybody listening that may have this same thing, what came so clear to me for 44 years, Calvin, I really thought I was doing my best. But here's what I saw in those silent moments with the Lord. 
I recognize my limitations, my mistakes, and my distance from the ideal. There is no perfection. Nobody's asking for perfection. When the team plays, all you ask them, when you leave this court, can you honestly, I used to tell the team, do you honestly play your hardest? Did you, we call it the hit philosophy, did you play as intelligent as you could? And did you play together? Those are the scenes. So anyone listening, don't worry about praying having a perfect debut. I'm 84 far from that yet. Love it. Uh, you know, Coach, you said earlier that you loved all your players, and that, that's pretty big. And you try to love all your players. I want to ask you, in making the choices to get certain guys, are you, you know, recruiting, doing recruiting? I told Tyler I was going to ask you this question. How much did your relationship with God play in some of the, your selections that you decided to add to the team? You know, at that time, was God really your focus in trying to decide on, you know, who was best for your uh, program? Boy, that's a profound question, yeah. you son of a gun. And I think you can answer, but I have to think about that. I usually answer too quick. I would put it this way. When I started to recruit, I knew nothing about recruiting. I was a high school, a junior high school coach. They asked for references. Who in the heck was I supposed to get the reference from? The school janitor? <laughs> you know, I'm calling around trying to get a head job. But when I got that job, the first home I ever went into, first one, I thought, now what do I talk to him about? Nobody gave me any lessons to recruit. Do I talk about the pretty girls, which I would have gotten Kelvin if, oh, yeah. if I'd have used that right away <laughs> with that perpetual smile he's got? First and uh, Do I talk about, you come here, you're going to play in the NBA? What do I talk about? So I went in, I sat down, and I said, whatever, some 50% didn't have fathers probably. I said, the promise I can make you, you're obviously here, your son's a great player, but if you follow the setup I've got, you're going to graduate and go, go through all the deal. And then to myself, I would sit there and look at the player. This sounds silly, I think. Do I want that guy babysitting my daughter? Mm. If I didn't, I pulled away from him. If he was half-sleeping or he was a parasite or he didn't want to go to class or some not that you had to be a canonized saint to be at LSU, or I'd never been the coach, <laughs> a long shot, but um, just little things. And I think you, uh, going back to, uh, I'd rather see a lesson than to hear one any day, more than talking. And yeah. Talk's cheap. Turn on television some night and hear some of these guys talk. The con artists. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sports show guy, and I hear that. <clears throat> but he got their own opinion. Would he, now, Todd. He's your friend, but would he be a good recruiter? Is he he would be a, amazing. Oh, he really, <laughs> yeah. He just got a natural way to you. He got a perpetual smile. Yeah. yeah, Coach, you mentioned about the happiest people you know uh, and not not having a whole lot, and that, that is Calvin James. You know, he and I, uh, I think that's probably what most attracted me to Calvin was was his joy. You can yeah. see it, and he is an extension that's, of that's the Holy great. Spirit. You know, he's, uh, he's my spiritual mentor, and uh, Calvin just has a way of uh, – of discerning and, and, and loving people, you know, he's, uh, he's been a great friend. We, we spend a lot of time together in prayer and, um, I, I wanted him to be here today cause you mean so much to us. And, uh, it's, it's a special moment for, for he and I. Can I ask you a question in Kelvin? There's no, nobody could ever talk me out of this. Nobody. You could whip me. You could imprison me. You could hang me. You could beat me. I don't think, and I know I'm a recipient of this. There is a magical power in prayer. 
And I think we just sort of slough that off, you know. And I don't think we stand up for principles enough. Albert Einstein, who's considered probably the most intellectual person to ever walk, he said it isn't the evil people that worry me. It's the good people that do nothing about the evil people. (laughs) Silence. Edmund Burke, great 15th century philosopher, said, quote, evil can only flourish when good people do nothing. So we want to cleanse it. We want to eliminate racism. We want to eliminate bigotry. We want to eliminate this. We want to eliminate poverty. Let's join together because there are more good people on this earth than there is there bad are. people. Yeah. Now, Coach, I know you're a big reader, and uh, you know uh, my father was a big reader. I, I try and read, but I'm not there. But uh, my question I want to ask you is, I think I know your favorite Bible story is probably David and Goliath because that's been the story of your life. You know, I, I've heard you talk about it a lot. You know, uh, tell me, what is your favorite Bible story? Oof. So How come you're asking so many tough questions? <laughs> I know that when we when we went through the whole final four and final eight, you know, I think that uh, your finest moment had to be in coaching anyway for me was the, the year we, we drove to Cincinnati, my wife and I, and went to see the year after the final four, right? And uh, I think uh, we played DePaul and, and then in Indiana and lost by, you know, just a little bit by one point, I believe. And the this, this, uh, final four was going to be in New Orleans. And in the last six That seven. was such a regret. Uh, you know, I actually was so disappointed when I left that game that I got lost in Kentucky in the foothills, and I like to not get out. You know, I was so, just thinking about what could have been. Uh, that was our year, you know. But uh, but that was David and Goliath all the way, you know. No question about it. Those guys did things that they couldn't they do. Bernard Woodside and, you know, Nikita Wilson and that, that this whole crew that you had. You know, Todd, you just embarrassed me. I've read the Bible four times, and I still don't understand it all by a long shot. I'll read it again the fifth time. And uh, I think I con myself a little, too. I I think I call myself a speed reader. I think I'm not a speed reader. I think I just go as fast as I can to get to the next thing. But there's so many things in the Bible. I don't know. David and Goliath is probably the one that all of us stand on. So. Or, or a Bible character, you know. I, I think of myself as Peter because uh, I love to fish and, you know, sinful man. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you turn on God and he's still there for you, you know. And I guess I relate so much to him. Yeah. How about you, guys? <clears throat> Mine is Paul without the shadow of a doubt because I experienced that eye-opening thing the yeah. same way that he did. I was uh, going south and uh, he turned me around and headed me north and... It was a radical change. Mm. Um, seriously, I had to leave Louisiana to go all the way to California to rediscover who I was. And when I went there, I was on a total different mission, like you was talking about the girls. Right. Uh, I love uh, uh, fast cars and cool summer breezes. Love when I want to and quit when I please. That, that, <laughs> that was my motto when I went out west. A week and a half, two weeks after I got there, I ran into some evangelical people. That, that, that challenged me, that had the gift of discernment and you, and accused me of running. And when they accused me of running, I tripped out because that's what people was telling me over there, that I needed a fresh start, but I didn't want to do it. So they read into my life. And when I experienced those kind of people, I said, that's what I want for my life. And I've been searching ever since. You know, turned my life around and just opened my eyes and uh, <coughs> blinded me to the things that I should have should, shouldn't be doing. Kelvin really. and Todd, 
Again, why is it? This is the Cajun Catholic Radio Show, and you're with Coach Dale Brown and Calvin James. We're having a great conversation about life and uh, and spirituality, and of course, how uh, basketball has transformed coaches' life as well. Amen. Why Thank is us. it we can talk about spiritual things, and there'll be some people listening? What are they talking about? Shut that off. But in the same token, there will be some filthy, rotten rap music, dirty, profane rap music, or there'll be some idiots on the Jerry Springer show. There'll be someone saying there's no Christ. They don't seem to get criticized. You ever thought about that? It's kind of they marched by themselves. I believe that the world belongs to the enemy, and that's his. That's yeah. by his design, you know. Yeah, so, Coach, um, you just wrote a book, uh, Getting Over the Four Hurdles of Life, and um, I've read the book. It's an amazing, wonderful book. Enjoyed it thoroughly. I've read most of your books. And, um, you know, this is uh, – tell us a little bit about your inspiration and about the new book. Well, it's not new anymore. It's a few years written now. Okay. It's, um, life's, when they snip our umbilical cords, there's four major hurdles in front of us. Now, of those four major hurdles, you can't con your way over them. You can't barter your way over them. You can't buy your way over them. You can't run around them. You can't run under them. You can't have somebody else jump over them. You've got to jump over them. And those four major hurdles, all of us are going to face. There's nearly 8 billion people on earth right now. The first hurdle you're going to face is that I can't. Or being told you can't by somebody else. Uh, you're, you're a woman. You're, obs- you're obese. Uh, you're, you're an immigrant. You're black. You're a Jew. You're a Catholic. The situation of being told I can't, then you begin worse than Perfect example is Shaquille O'Neal was told he can't play basketball. Coach, cut him off the high school team. Too slow, too clumsy, too big a feet. Why don't you be a goalie in soccer? Hurdle number two we, we, we face. We believe we can, but then there's going to be a failure along your way. The greatest people I know have, it isn't your IQ that counts the most in your life, the intelligence quotient. It's your FQ, your failure quotient. The most successful people in this world have been the biggest failures. Many a man left the shore just as a ship was to come in. So to get over two, you have to understand failure is going to come. The third thing that nobody wants, nobody wants cancer. Nobody wants a divorce. I can attest to that one. Right. But <laughs> handicaps, how do you handle handicaps? I always use Oprah Winfrey as a perfect example. She was raped at eight, pregnant at 13, thought of committing suicide, lived in poverty, etc. But she never once gave up on God. And hurdle number four. All the other hurdles are set up perfectly. I can't, handicap, afraid to fail, all this business. The fourth hurdle is the one that most of us will go to our grave with. Know yourself. Who am I? Where am I? And what am I going to get out of life? This is the thing that Pete had a hard time with. And finally he was able to lick it and became a really, really a good guy, good, good Christian man. Coach, I kept a scrapbook in college, and I, I, I ran across this article that I saved, and I want to show it to you. And it's uh, when Don Redden passed away. Oh, boy. And uh, oh. it was such an emotional time. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, you know, um, how do you keep this scrapbook so beautiful? Uh, I, I, I just wow. I had a passion, uh, but I remember very distinctly uh, you guys having to play the SEC basketball tournament at, at in, in the Assembly Center right after that happened because I skipped school to watch the whole tournament. Did you? Uh, but all the players and you went in to hug uh, Don Redden's parents after the game, and it was I, I cried like a baby. 
but how did how did Don Redden's death affect you in your spirituality? Uh, I heard it on the radio, and my first thing was, I felt numb. Here's a guy that was the perfect specimen, broad shoulders, good, beautiful, spiritual man, um, had it all, and it just it was numb. And I thought, is this for real? He he was a special guy. I remember one time in a ball game. I hadn't seen it before, but I saw crosses on the toe of each shoe. So I didn't want to embarrass him right away. So one day after practice, come on, sit down and talk. And I said, what are those crosses for? He said, oh, you know, like sometimes I get so tired in the game. And he said, I've been down. He said, I see those crosses. I think, I'm suffering? Look what my Lord Jesus had to do. Wow. Now, he wasn't the kind of guy that was going around flashing it and talking. It's not necessary to do that. You live those actions. And that's what I saw in my mother. That's what I saw in John Orden. And then I think something we have to see in ourselves is uh, one of my favorite poems is, uh, When you get what you want and struggle for self, and the world makes you king for a day, Kelvin, just go to the mirror and look at yourself. See what that person has to say. It isn't your mother, your father, your sweetheart, your boss whose judgment upon you must pass. The person who counts most in our life is the one staring back from the glass. Oh, yeah, we may get pats on the back as we pass, but our final reward will be heartache and tears if we've cheated the man in the glass. That's really important. And it's not fun to examine your own conscience. I mean, I'm so sick and tired of every night saying the same thing. i got to do this better. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I'll be dang the next day I'm not doing the same thing. I either got angry, I either talked too much. No, I don't talk too much, do I, Cole? No. <laughs> um, so I think we love to hear you it, talk. It, it, it's, it's the quest of doing it. Yeah. And when you have that, it's, it's amazing what can happen. And I think today, guys, now, 84 is close to 100. <laughs> 16 more. If I can live to be 100, the... We are so divisive right now. I mean, if there's anything we have to do, we have to be a family. You can disagree without being disagreeable. It's, it's, it's a terrible situation we're doing. People are taking sides. Just take the side of what's right. Forget I'm not, I don't belong to any party. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not an Independent. I don't care what you are. I'm a human being first. I also, I've been born and raised a Catholic. Uh, 12 years of Catholic school. I don't want to be known as a, a, a Catholic. I want to be known as a spiritual person. And I think we do that. we got to be a Jew. we got to be a Muslim. we got to be a Catholic. We, how about just being spiritual people? And if that's the religion you choose to be spiritual, fine. Be I don't like think you, you need to have an identity. Yeah, be like Jesus, right? You know, yeah, I mean, yes. I, I think when I think of you, I think of a, a, a radical uh, love that Jesus has. You know, I, I, well, that's I, I totally that's, I see that in you. You know, 100%. Uh, so we just have a few minutes left on the show, Coach. I was going to ask you what's in store for you in the future. I would say to you that uh, I hope you, you'll include Calvin and I in whatever your future endeavors are because you're a crusader, and I'm on the crusade with you. Yeah. And so whatever your endeavor is going to be, I think we're, we're along. We're here, we're here to help whatever yes. we can do. Yeah. You know, meeting gonna... you two guys today, Colin will tell you, I know I have a big mouth. I say what I think. <laughs> meeting you two guys today. I can tell you we're going to be friends for life. I love it. I can see right through you, right. guy. And this is no BS that. or a con job <laughs> or something. 
I don't need a new car to come down there and get a <laughs> I can get you I'm, a new car, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm driving one 20 years old. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Calvin, I'll let you take us out, you know, if you have an, another question for Coach, and then maybe take us out with a prayer. Okay. I just want to share something. Through talking to him, we have a lot of ideals that are the same. You know, I, he, he said something about excuses. And I use that in some of my talks. I, I say that an excuse is like the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. So if you peel that skin back of an excuse, you'll see in that reason as, as some sort of lies. And uh, he always says uh, 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 ordinary people do extraordinary things. One of my mottos is good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. So um, these, uh, I would have loved to have been coached by him. He's a motivational speaker, and I know he knows how to get in the uh, hearts and minds of uh, these young athletes uh, coming to his program. So uh, with that in mind, I want to thank him for being a, a distant mentor to me because I've seen you a lot on the, on the court, and I've never seen anything that would make me relate to you as being a bad person. Your coaching was even in style with uh, who you are and uh, who I'm meeting today. So uh, it was a pleasure, Coach. Kelvin, if I would have been smart enough, I should have been down there just to get your personality. <laughs> <laughs> You've um, been a good teammate. How, how much time do we have? About a minute or two. If you were to describe life in one word, Kelvin, if you were to describe life in one word, and my friend Colin, you were to describe life in one word, and you're going to get in on it. What one word would it be? Love. One word only. Love. Colin, you're first. One word only. Experience. Okay. Mine's love. Mine is joy. My favorite scripture in uh, Nehemiah is uh, 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy. What do you think mine's going to be? Probably perseverance. That's a good one. But I, I have no idea. Come on, guess. I, I guess. I took Free my, tickets to the Alabama game. <laughs> I took a shot. Come on, take a, take a shot. I so want to get this right. Um, so I think a, a journey. Kelvin? Transparency. There isn't an answer, but to me, as I look, it's challenging. It's challenging to defeat evil. It's challenging to be a good person. It's challenging to speak up when you should speak up, to be silent when you should be silent. Be committed to something. It's very, very easy to have an opinion. But to make a decision, they're light years apart, and light travels 186,000 miles a second. And so it is possible to change. And if we don't change, hey, Armageddon will be upon us. <laughs> One last thing. Calvin's favorite saying is, be meek, not weak. Ooh. And I think that describes you, Coach. Right. A strong meek, though. Yeah. <laughs> Weakness is no strength. No. Meekness is controlled yeah, right. strength. All right, Calvin, pray for us. You know, this this has really been fun. There hasn't been one. I'm usually looking at my clock waiting to get out of here on board. I wasn't bored nah, I love because that. of you two guys. Praise the Lord. That. That's good praise. Well, let's close with prayer. Our Father and our God, we just thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Father, you are glorious. You are great in our sight. Father, you witness to us on a daily basis. You have transformed us, Father, to use us in this wilderness we call earth. Now, bless us individually and collectively so we can share in your goodness, Father. There's a famous scripture in Jude that says, Now unto Jesus, who is able to keep us from falling and to prevent us 
before God, uh, before the presence of God with exceeding joy. This I pray into our spirit man today. So, Father, we love you. Thank you through your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Coach. You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show with Coach Dale Brown and Calvin James. It's been a real honor and a pleasure, uh, just a blessing in our lives. And uh, Until next time, energize the Cajun Catholic community.